Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you are listening to an episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And today I have a very unique subject and a very unique person on with me. Her name is Araminta Barbour, and she's an international speaker, coach, and transformational guide. She's a lead faculty, lead facilitator with ISTA, International School of Temple Arts. Sound familiar? You know I am, too. She is the co-creator of Women Who See in the Dark, and that is a project she was on the show about, I don't know, a couple years ago, uh, talking about that. Today, we're going to talk about something else. She's the founder of The Sanctuary Guatemala, which is a retreat center, and she's the creator of The Resilience Journey, which is a 30-day healing program to support those navigating relationship endings. So welcome to Sex and Happiness, Araminta. Thank you. Such a joy to see you, Laurie. Thank you. So what led you to here? You're talking about conscious endings. I've seen you do a presentation on conscious endings. Talk to us a little bit about why you're so interested in this and why other people should be interested in this. How did this happen? It's 2020. The world's gone upside down. I feel like one of the major challenges we're all facing is to actually uh, let go of so much that was familiar and known. And in general, our societies, I mean, we're terrible at endings. Um, our culture is really focused on how to begin stuff and how to maintain what we want. So I, I call that this is kind of a focus on spring and summer. And if you go to any kind of glossy magazine, especially around relationships, all of our focus is on how to get the guy, how to get the girl, and then how to keep it going, keep us happy. What we, what we struggle with, and I still do too, it's human nature, is the letting go process. Um, and unfortunately, because it's not given much attention and focus in our culture, definitely not in our education system. Um, we're all just completely inexperienced in how to navigate this very natural part of the life cycle. And I feel like um, 2020 has put this front and center for all of us. And it's making us look at how capable we are at navigating, letting go, surrendering to the unknown and being in the mystery. So, that definitely put this particular area um, of my own focus front and center for this year, but it's a personal piece as well. My, my kind of the core essence and challenge of my life has been loss through relationship, through death. And so at 19, my partner overdosed on methadone and passed away and I didn't have any frame to navigate um, that ending. And in some ways, I'm grateful because it put me smack into the big questions of what, you know, what is the point? And having to do some real deep soul navigating um, and, and kind of put me into that, the deep river of grief. And so I feel like having navigated that journey without any support, really, 
um, without any tools, it's a passion piece because I know that at some point or another, we all go through that journey, whether that's loss of health, the death of a loved one, loss of a relationship that we treasure or the loss of a, a job. Some, some, some loss comes to our life that causes us to go into a crisis of identity. And it's that identity death and transition that fascinates me. So that's, um, you know, I want, it's, it's so important. Like, it's like, whoa, yeah, who thinks about that? I remember being in a course with you where you discussed the cycles of a woman's life and you had it be like spring and summer and fall and winter. And I had never heard that before. So it's like, I love your analogy of the seasons and relationships go through that too. Um, relationships go through fall and winter and endings, sometimes a surprise, sometimes not a surprise. And also, I just want to tell you this. I mean, I, I just want to tell my listeners this. It's crazy, but in my life, I don't think I've ever had room for grieving. Like all of a sudden, maybe it's this COVID thing. I don't know what it is, but I'm finding myself when I do emotional release, which everyone on here knows I do emotional release. I find myself going, used to be anger, some sadness. Now I go into grief, like I'm missing not only I'm missing dead people, but I'm missing everybody. Oh, grief is one of the emotions that we unpack probably the most in the course because it's so misunderstood. And, and, and like most of us, we, we tend to avoid the uncomfortable emotions. But when we, particularly in kind of white Western society, we've lost all the ritual around grief that supports us to navigate the intensity that it brings. And because we don't understand what the message is, most of us, when we're going through a traumatic event of loss, we'll do everything we can to avoid going deep down because we're afraid we're going to drown. And actually, those of us that have experienced grief, there's a real physicality to that emotion. It's very different from sadness, and we tend to confuse them. So I speak about all the different messages of emotion. So sadness really arrives as a messenger, in my opinion, to let us know that we're holding on to something that we need to let go of. And if we can listen to that message and ask, ask ourselves the right questions of what is it that's no longer serving me and actually let, whether that's a belief system, maybe it is a relationship that we need to let go of. It's, it's often a, a habit or a way of doing something that's no longer serving us or a belief. If we actually do let go, the sadness lifts because it has a purpose. Like our emotions have a purpose. They're, they're there to get us to take action. And if we you can listen to them, as you know, we do so much in, in ISTA about getting us to feel, vibrate, and listen to the wisdom of our emotions. But grief is, grief is the biggie. For me, grief is the soul speaking. And if we're, when grief comes, you literally do kind of fall to your knees. It's, it's a really heavy, heavy emotion. You, you, you kind of get brought down. And I, and I see that as because it's, it's kind of helping us stay in our bodies because grief only comes when something big is, has passed. And we're being forced to let go of something that we value tremendously. And our desire to dissociate and to get away from that is so strong that grief actually is there to support us to stay in our bodies and to go on the healing journey. And we can only really heal if we grieve. 
if we know how to move through those emotions and ask ourselves the questions, the right questions. And I didn't know anything about this, you know, when I lost my partner at 19. I, you know, I was feeling these intensities, but I was just trying to do everything I could to um, not drown. And I was avoiding going into the emotions because I didn't have any guidance. But some of those power questions, it's like, what have I lost? What have I really lost? Because it's more than just the person. And if you keep asking yourself certain power questions, you really can get to deep understanding of what you value at a soul level. And that'll give you information about who you are as a being on a very, on a very fundamental level that can influence and give ourselves self-wisdom that informs our future. So it's like if we're willing to go into the process, we get so much gold. But everything I understood before being, you know, guided um, and initiated was to, I was, I was so afraid of depression. I was so afraid of the intensity of what I was experiencing. And I was just trying to be like everybody else, which is, you know, stay in spring and summer and, and get your shit together and be okay and, and put on the brave face. There's so much shame that comes up with these emotions. You know, so, yeah, it is a time of grieving right now on the planet. It's it's amazing. I mean, I'm doing. I I was, I was working out, in the mo I work out in the mornings, and then I was uh, like, I didn't feel it to lift, so I just laid down on a yoga mat. I did a little yoga, I laid down on a yoga mat, and I just I started doing bioenergetic emotional release, and the next thing that came was all this like tears and sadness, and I I'm very aware that. I, I never grieved my mother's death. Um, I didn't have time. I was the person in the family who had to do everything. My father wasn't going to do anything. My sister didn't. Like, they weren't going to do anything. They just were like, oh, Laurie's here. She'll handle it all. So Laurie handled it all. And so I never got a chance to grieve her. And now I'm feeling so much grief about, I feel grief about the United States. I feel, I never, you know, I always, even during Vietnam, where I was embarrassed during Vietnam to be an American. I mean, I was, I, I was traveling. I remember traveling and going like, oh, I'm an, I'm an American. It was embarrassing then. Um, there have been some other times when Nixon was president. Well, that was Vietnam. I mean, it, I, uh, but I never considered leaving. And now I feel like, oh, I have to break my relationship with my country. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually feel like that. I feel like, I, I, like, oh, I can't stand it. So in, as I'm contemplating so that, yeah, as I'm contemplating that, my mother's coming up and my father's okay. coming up and a lover so, who died from epilepsy is coming up. All of this is coming up. Well... Well, I feel like what you're describing is, is in some ways typical for many of us, particularly around death, um, because at least in my upbringing, and I feel for many of us in the West, we've been split from ritual and for the meaning and, and the ways ritual is actually there to support us do inner emotional work and healing work. Um, and I grew up in London, England, um, you know, modern and ritual was considered incredibly archaic. 
um, and totally unscientific and just ridiculous. So it's really only in the last 15 to 20 years that I've even begun to look at it as with curiosity and really started to dive into it um, more and more and then understood why every other culture, indigenous culture, has immense ritual around grief. And so part of the resilience journey is an opportunity for us to create our own ritual because it's not about following somebody else's um, steps if they're meaningless to us. But if we give ourselves permission to create our own in ways that are as intricate or as simple as we want, but that we actually initiate them with some sort of meaning, then we can access the benefits of ritual, which is vital. I've come to realize it's vital. And so many of us, um, let's say relationships or loss of jobs, let alone loss of a parent, but these are massive shifts in our life journey. And if we do timelines and we look at things that really impacted us, almost everyone will have some kind of unresolved emotional intensity, if not trauma, around the end of a relationship, whether, whether that was with a friend or a lover or a boss or a family member. And because we didn't know how to process it or we never gave ourselves enough time or we just ran away as far as possible from that experience and jumped as quickly as we could into the next one and just try to get away from that by starting a new chapter. And so we haven't had the transitional liminal phase where we do the processing and we learn to make sure that all those steps are kind of actually in alignment to support us for the next chapter. So then we tend to rush into the next relationship feeling completely still twisted up about the past relationship. It's like we haven't decluttered and there actually isn't space then to have the meaningful relationships now that we so desperately want and so what I found is most of us say, oh, well, you know, the past relationship didn't work out because the other person was the problem. That's one way of dealing with it. And then, and then the conundrum is, you know, our whole culture frames relationship endings as failures. Like, it's still true no matter how far we've moved into kind of like new paradigm relationships and... And we kind of know now that it's unusual for people to fall in love and stay together from, you know, right. 16. Right, right. But at the same time, that shame is still attached to relationship endings. And we haven't gone through the cultural reframing. We know that most of us have had three, four, a, a number of somewhat significant relationships. And yet when they end, there's still the sense that, I've, you know, something, something went wrong here. Because the only actual model, yeah, the only actual model that we totally judge as a success is if it lasts forever until somebody dies. That's the only success story <laughs> we have. And that's so, Walt Disney, that's, wait, that's the Walt Disney model. That's like happily ever after. That's exactly. so not even. That's you know, that's that exists in in the in fairy tales. But it doesn't always exist in human beings. It very rarely exists in human beings. And then you think to, I think to myself, how miserable are they that they stayed together this long? Are they really in love or are they miserable? Like, so. Well, I think what's so is even though we mentally kind of understand that the happily ever after, you know, fall in love once, not only is incredibly unlikely, 
but that we, we kind of sense that for the most of us, it's now normal to have many relationships, but the shame of failure has often not been processed. And we haven't necessarily really done the work to liberate ourselves from the pain of a relationship ending. And we usually carry some sort of lack of self-belief because even if I've told myself, well, the, re the reason that relationship didn't work is because they were the problem. Usually yeah. not, not totally true, but even if that was partly true, it still leaves me with some hangover of not being able to trust my choices then because I chose them. So it's like until we do some healing work and some reflection processes, usually we haven't decluttered enough so that we're not really starting or meeting our current relationships with a clean slate. We can't fully say, this is what I've learned from my past. This is what I can celebrate about myself and the journey that I've been on. And I can actually bring everything, even all the gnarly, you know, super painful parts into this present with full consciousness and honoring my journey. That's a different way. It's very different. Of being in relationship. Yeah. Very, very different. So, so that's what I'm passionate about. It's so, it's great. I mean, the last time I saw you do this was, I think, I forgot where we were. There was a barn. Oh, we were at Haydn. We were in New Zealand. So that's a long time ago. And <laughs> I'm going, there was a barn. Um, <laughs> we were in New Zealand and you were, you were testing the waters. You had just come up with a, with this um, conscious endings piece. And it was like an hour and a half or a two hour workshop. So now you have this down. It's like, it's a 30 day journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell, yeah, so tell a little bit about, I, I get the concepts, but tell us a little bit about like how, how, what's, how's the journey structured and, and it sounds like it's for everyone. It doesn't sound like it's for a very specific, you know, if you lost a loved one, this group is for you. No, it sounds like this is for everyone who's ever lost anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I designed it f with a, a number of groups of people in, in mind. And okay. um, as you say, it's definitely, if, you, if you're currently going through a breakup, loss of a job, health changes, you're going through a massive transition, this course can give you some, some support so that you're not alone. Um, however, most of us recognize that we have patterns from our past that are impacting our present because we haven't dealt with them. And then we suddenly go, you know what? I want to go back and clear that up. So if that's you, then this journey will help you do that in a, in a, in a really structured way. Um, it's also for some of um, people that are interested in being transformational guides because most of us that work in transformational fields need to know how to support people that are going through the dark night of the soul, that are going through that identity death where everything's melted the suicidal tendencies and we can't be afraid of that ourselves if we want to be able to guide others and so this process also supports you if, you, if you're doing that kind of work that kind of shamanic work and and mentorship work so it's designed in in a four-part process um, the first part so basically every day there's access to about a five to seven minute video and then there's a lot of um additional explorations, a lot of reflection and journaling and meditation processes, but I also teach some of the somatic embodied movement-based and breath-based um, tools that some of them of which we also teach in ISTA. Um, yeah. So it's something that you can watch, reflect on, 
and then go as deep into as you want. Um, the first week is really some foundational tools to support you to, to go as deep as you want to go. So a lot of these are kind of healthy practices around self-love, journaling, some of the emotional intelligence tools we work with in ISTA. Um, and then we also have a whole community platform. So again, if you're looking for connection, um, you can find that on the course. If you're also someone that you know, signs up for courses and then never takes them, it's a way of really staying accountable. And then once a week on the community, um, the community course, there's a live call every Sunday. So it's just recorded if you can't make it. But again, it's another opportunity to have direct mentorship and have any questions answered. So the first week is kind of resources and key tools to make sure everybody has the skills they need to go in. The second week, we really start to reflect on whatever the chapter is that you're working on in your life. So it's a, it's a systemic practice looking at also the different emotions and going through anger, going through shame, going through grief, um, sadness, and, and also analyzing how we've grown, how we've changed. The third week is where we sort of unpack ritual and how can we find our own meaningful relationship to ritual. And then I, I look at three or four different kind of classic shamanic ritual tools that people may want to incorporate in their own ritual and then encourage them based on the work they've done in the previous part to create their own ritual to really honor that this chapter of their life is over. And even though there may still be strong emotions that they're going to honor themselves for having navigated it and own what, how they've grown and what they're taking into the future and what clarity and self-knowledge they have about what, they want now because the thing about manifestation which is the final week is actually when we do the deep work we do come out the other side and there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is this spring and so the final week is really about owning that that rebirth chapter and and how to navigate that with mastery because that's not there's a fragility in being a newborn um, and there's a tendency to kind of go back to the person we thought we were and do things the same way. And actually the practice is how can we give ourselves maximum space to meet ourselves again? And I actually teach um, a good introduction to how to manifest, how to be a manifester in your life. Now that you've cleared the past and you know what you really value, what are you holding space to call into your life now? So it's really an introduction to manifestation as well um, and being a powerful creator and the responsibility that it comes with, with being a, a creator of your own life. So self-responsibility. It's, it's very beautiful. I mean, when you're rebirth, you have to learn to walk again. You have to learn to breathe again. You have to learn everything. You're like yeah. a newborn coming in. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever been in a sweat lodge, but in the sweat lodge, you come out after you've been in a sweat lodge for an hour or two, you come out and it's like, wow, there's this whole earth out here oh, I have to like breathe and walk and I have to do all these things. The sweat lodge always feels to me like being in a womb. Um, so I yeah, understand. Totally. It, it, sounds, it sounds wonderful. I actually feel like I should do it. I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm grieving over some ideals that I had, you know, growing up as American. And I feel like I, I need to say goodbye to them. They're like, mm. what I feel inside myself and what I feel in my heart is not being mirrored <laughs> outside in my environment. Like there's hatred and there's craziness and there's divisiveness and there's, there's all, I mean, it might've always been there, but I had enough Pollyanna 
to be able to only see the positive and I don't feel like I have that anymore. I feel like I, this, and I can't be the only one. I mean, this COVID experience is really beating that out of me, you know, even though I'm not alone uh, during the, so I feel it, it, it's really appealing to me. It sounds fabulous. So how do, let me, this are, these are the questions. Um, how, how often do you start? Do you start like at the beginning of every month? Do you start on the new moon? Do you start on a ritual space? <laughs> That's one. And two, how do people get in touch with you to find out more about it? Because I think a lot of people who hear this are, are, may, may, it may be right on time for them. Sure. And the best way to, to find out more is just to go to my website, which is aramintabarber.com. And from there, there's a link to resilience. Um, what I've decided to do is offer two access points. So there's a self-study option, which you can sign up at any time and you get access for 40 days to the material and you can, um, you still have access to the discussion thread, but you don't get access to the calls. Um, you get old recordings of the calls and you can just do that in your own time in the 40 days. The community aspect offers something else. Obviously, um, apart from the accountability, it offers live coaching with me. So you get um, four live Zoom calls or about an hour and a half, one a week, and you get lifetime access. So there's this opportunity because, and we did, we did the first round already, and it sounds like the majority of people that were on that first community course um, definitely say that they see themselves going back to the material because once... You know, who knows, who knows what's ever going to come in the future in our lives when we might need this. But also, I think when we go through the process once and we see how much energy it gives us and it see how much like a return to our self-confidence and our self-esteem and that, that clarity that it brings in, in owning our desires actually now moving forward, we then kind of have more confidence and want to go back and actually go, okay, there's something else I never really cleared up. And I've seen the benefit in my own life in, in how, much, how much joy it brings to our new relationships because we can show up full. And so for those, I, I mean, I feel like so many people want, my original course was how to create new paradigm relationships. And yes, we covered like the manifestation process at the end, but I feel like in order to, instead of starting there, it's so much more helpful if people clean up their past. Yes. Because yes, that's, yes, that's, yes. what, that's what I really feel is blocking people from, you know, they're so busy owning their desires, but because there's a lot of baggage in the past, um, it's, it's messing with the, the energy of calling in what they really want. And the patterns okay. are just replaying. So, All right, let's so, spell. Yeah. so now everybody has heard the name Araminta Barbara, so let, I'm going to spell it so that people know how to find you because... Most people have never even heard the name Araminta before. I don't know where your parents got it. So, <laughs> so it's A-R-A-M-I-N-T-A, -A -A, Araminta, Barbour, B-A-R-B, wait, B-O-U-R. So that's B-A-R-B-O-U-R, Araminta Barbour. And it, I'm saying it, I'm extending the name. It's, it's Araminta Barbour, but... I'm saying it like that so that people get it. So that when they go to spell it, they can, um, they can find you and you have some kind of a voucher or something. You have something that you want to get, offer people so that they, yes, I do so for your listeners, Laurie. 
Yeah, I'm offering uh, 50% off the community course. The next one starts September 2nd, so soon. And you can also use this 50% voucher off the self-study course, and that's valid till the end of September. So the, the code is sex and happiness, one word, no spaces, spelling it all out. So S-E-X-A-N-D-H-A-P-P-I-N-E-S-S. And you'll see an opportunity to plug that in whenever you choose whichever of the options. So that'll give you, yeah, my, my thank you to Laurie and her amazing audience. Thank you so much. It's so great. Um, this is, you know, whenever we talk, you know, we're good friends. We're great friends. And then when we get together and then when you're sharing your, you know, your like brilliance with me, I'm always like, <gasps> like you're just how you like, think of things and package things just always is very unique and different from anyone else that I know. I just, I love when you core dump your stuff to, into me. And so this, just this call to get, you know, to do our program has been like so uplifting. And I think I needed that. So I just really want to thank you and let you know, like the course sounds amazing. It really does sound amazing. Let's say the name of it again. It's Resilience. It's the Resilience Journey, a 30-day healing program to support those navigating relationship endings, whatever the relationship is. Thank you, Araminta. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurie. I'm, I just want to speak into how deeply you shared about what's moving in your heart. And yeah, it touches me. And I, I want to honor you for doing the deep feeling work because I think you're actually speaking to something very powerful and very crucial at this time is to grieve, to grieve the relationship we have to our country, our politicians, our belief in certain systems, our, you know, our relationship to the world. Um, there's a lot being asked of us. And if we're willing to feel it because it's, our, it's my story of who I am, and maybe that's what's changing. And I, and I think you are speaking to a very big transpersonal wave moving through uh, citizens of the United States as the intensity and the, the separation of, of opinions and what is real and our ability to connect. And I deeply feel that if we're willing to, to sit in that uncomfortability and to mourn what no longer is that we, that we want to cling to, it's going to support humanity to actually get into the, the spring and avoiding doing that isn't going to help us. So courage is the name of the, of the year I feel and, and resilience is my offering to it. So yeah, you touched me, honey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, everyone take a breath. <laughs> ah, okay. To my <laughs> To all my listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on Sex and Happiness. This really is important to our happiness as we move forward. That's what's so crucial and so critical here. I want to thank Araminta, and I want to thank you all for listening. And, um, and please check in next time when I will have, I will have an amazing guest next time. Um, his name is Jared. I don't know what his, I can't remember his last name, but he's going to talk about um, coaching people to have conversations. Those people who have, when they meet someone, they can't have a conversation. Like they can't think of what to say. They can't 
they get they get stuck they get blocked and they don't know what to do when they meet someone and they get like oh brain freeze so he is this guy's going to talk about coaching people to have conversations and um i'm excited about that like who knew anyway araminta i love you i love you love you i thank you so much for being my guest today love you too laurie thank you so much thanks to all the listeners yeah thank you everyone and I'm saying namaste for myself and sex and happiness. Thank you for joining us today for sex and happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to butterflyworkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.